So I was going to make a video sharing my thoughts on George Floyd, the protests, and the riots. But you know what? Thoughts are worthless. Nobody wants to hear people's thoughts right now. What people want are reforms or revolutions. Change, basically. Change is really what people want. There is no going back to normal. If we want these riots to end, we need change. It needs to happen now because there is a lot of damage out there being caused. If that change can't come through reform, it will come via revolution. So the point of this video is to pitch six concrete, actionable proposals for reform. But I have one quick note before I get to those proposals. I'm sure many people watching this video prefer revolution over reform. And you know what? I understand that sentiment. I hear you. The system needs to change. It's broken. It's not working for many of us, possibly even the majority of us. But before we completely destroy everything, we ought to consider what kind of changes, what kind of reforms can be put in place instead of revolution and have the same results that we're seeking. Because revolutions, nine times out of ten, don't go very well. The American Revolution was an anomaly. It was limited in scope because it was mostly about overthrowing a colonial power. It was not about radically changing society at its core. The second American Revolution, it would, much, it would look much more like the French, Russian, or Chinese revolutions. And in all of those events, the result was authoritarianism, war, and millions upon millions of innocent lives lost. So if you consider the guy who currently occupies the White House to be a fascist, I am not here to argue with you on that. But we at least still have the Constitution and two equal branches of government to keep them in check. And we also have an election coming up in just a few months. So make sure you vote. <laughs> That's something that you can do to, uh, to create change. But understand that based on history, a revolutionary overthrow of government is highly likely to result in dictatorship. So just keep that in mind. With that being said, here is proposal number one. Every police officer needs to, at all times, wear a body camera, and they must be turned on during every interaction. If these interactions, these interactions are to be recorded and live streamed on a dedicated website so that an independent watchdog group can monitor these interactions in real time. If it looks like an encounter is going sideways, the watchdog group should have the capability of intervening as to prevent the loss of life. And this would also benefit the police because the watchdog group would be able to request police backup in the event that backup is needed. It, this should be a mutually beneficial arrangement. A possible mode of intervention can be the setting up of a direct hotline between the watchdog group and the police department. And if a cop does not have his body camera turned on during an interaction, the case should automatically be thrown out and there should be action taken against that cop, possibly uh, the firing from the police department. Number two, we need better training for police. Six months of training or less than six months in many cases is just completely unacceptable for a job that is essential to keeping our community safe. In many places, 
barbers actually receive longer training than cops. How ridiculous is that? I don't know how much training is the appropriate amount, but it certainly needs to be more than what they are currently getting. And a good portion of that additional training needs to be in the area of race relations. Police would also benefit from learning some martial arts so that they have some less lethal defensive options in their arsenal. Number three, a bill has just been introduced to the House of Representatives by Justin Amash called the Ending Qualified Immunity Act. It would, it would basically remove liability protections for bad cops who break the law. If a cop breaks the law, they should be held liable just like everybody else. No exceptions. Congress and the President should make this law. Number four, we need to reduce the number of overall interactions between police and people in the community because even with body cameras and better training, there will always be the possibility for something to go wrong. Limiting interactions will protect both our communities and our police. To do this, we need to officially end the war on drugs, which has been an epic failure. Simply put, it's an abuse of power for the government to tell an individual what they can and can't do with their own body. If somebody wants to do drugs, let them. It should be of no concern to the government. But if they commit crimes while on the drugs, well, we prosecute them for the crimes. It's that simple. That brings me to proposal number five. Instead of spending tens of billions of dollars on putting our police directly in harm's way so that we can control people's bodies, we should be spending that money on educating the public about drugs. It needs to be done truthfully. Putting marijuana and crack cocaine in the same basket is highly inappropriate because it's not true. And that's why the D.A.R.E. program failed. Because eventually everybody finds out that marijuana is not actually dangerous so the police and the government was lying about that. And if they were lying about that, what else were they lying about? Maybe crack cocaine isn't dangerous. We need a revised D.A.R.E. program for the 21st century that not only gives the facts about drugs, but also serves as a way to connect police officers and community youth in a positive manner. D.A.R.E. officers could organize games and sporting events with students. And the goal would be to increase cultural understanding, ease tensions that exist between the police and communities of color, and actually educate on drugs. Instead of just saying, you can't do this and we're going to throw you in jail if you do. I don't think that's an effective way to go about it. Number six, Martin Luther King was an advocate of universal basic income because he knew that creating an income floor for all Americans would improve our most vulnerable communities. When people are facing financial desperation, they often turn to criminal behavior. If people need to choose between starving and stealing, many, if not most, would steal. Self-preservation isn't our very nature. The specific tragedy of George Floyd's death was sparked by him using a fake $20 bill. If he had a guaranteed minimum income, he probably would not have needed to use a fake bill. The police would never have been called, and he would still be alive today. UBI literally prevents crime and saves lives. 
So these were six actionable proposals that I was able to come up with. I'm sure that there are many other things that can and should be done, but if you agreed with these, please share this video. It is clear that those in charge on both sides of the aisle have no plans of their own, so we need them in the here, our proposals, because this carnage will not end until changes are made. Thank you all for watching. I want to give a quick shout out to Verily Gray for making this and other videos on my channel possible. Always remember that it's not left, not right, but forward, and I hope you all have a good night.